I think there's been moments where I've been guilty as a coach where I've assumed that everybody knows what we're doing. The greatest thing that's ever been available to students on the campus, which is them working together to share the gospel, why would not? Why would everybody not be aware of that, right? Perspective is everything. So the idea of inviting others to hear the story and really helping them tell their story well or tell the story of that campus well is, is, is the next layer of networking to me when it comes to campus coaches and the youth pastors. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well, hey, Steve, welcome to the First Priority Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Brad. Welcome to somebody's backyard. Yes. Gotta love. Can you hear all the sounds of nature going on behind me? I cannot. Apple has done a great job with their AirPods, eliminating noise from the background for all of us doing Beautiful. stuff like this. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody who's listening. We're glad that you're joining us again this week. If you're listening on audio, apologize for the commentary about the scenery. If you're on YouTube, Steve does look like he's in a pretty nice place. <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. Just imagine somebody's beautifully well-done backyard. And my brother-in-law spends a lot of time on his backyard. It's pretty amazing. There you go. Pennsylvania, correct? Yep. Up in Northeast, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. One last hurrah before school starts. Got the top off. Got the top off the Jeep. Got the doors off the Jeep. There you go. I'm out of of here. The humidity is probably down from Nashville. Nah, it's identical. Is it? Yeah. There you go. There yeah, you are, yeah. here, folks. Just live in the South. It's better. Better winters and summers here. <laughs> well, Brad, what are we talking about today on the podcast? We're going to talk about networking and uh, the the people that and the roles that people play in a club. And so, just wanted to put the bow on the tie and uh, finish out this series for this fall. As clubs continue to launch, things get up and running. And just talk through making sure all the pieces are in place. Yeah, and for those who are familiar with first priority, it is a very direct conversation, right? But you, it's one of those things that you know it, you know it. But yep. it is a good, it is a good reminder. We've now trained the students. Yep. And so the first real natural network to talk about is just you know what what are the tangible things that you now that you've trained them that you need to make sure that they actually complete that you need to make sure that they are inviting those who couldn't make the training. Mm-hmm. Right, what are some other things that go on when it comes to students that we need to make sure uh, that they're well connected to the club? Well, creating that community is always a, a difficult thing when you're getting kids, um, whether it's a school of 200 or 2000, um, it's always a difficult thing to create that community around the name of Jesus. Um, because much like youth group, uh, they all go in their different directions, right? You have a youth group and the kids go to six different schools or 26 different schools. And, you know, it's hard to create that community in a youth group because you only meet once a week. The same is true in a first priority club. And so to create that environment, to create that safe place inside the school building um, where, where students can go and uh, be a part of the mission that is first priority. Um, it's, it's, 
yeah, it's key. So my top thing there is uh, to get people involved quickly and, um, you know, don't just consider it a meeting, consider it the mission. So if you're running this year's Epic cycle and you've got a club kit with you, there are invite cards in there and there are prayer cards in there. Um, there are wristbands that have the gospel presentation for the four on it. Um, and that those three things will help the club be outside the club meeting time. And I didn't say that very well, but, um, you know, if you have invite cards, you're thinking about it outside of the meeting. If you have prayer cards, you're praying on a daily basis and then to pray with fellow people and then to have the wristband on and people start asking, you know, Hey, what's that? What's that for? Are you part of a club? What is it? And you can just start talking about first priority and the name of Jesus outside of that 30 minute meeting. If we're going to be talking about a school club setting, then we've got to talk about the reality that you need a faculty inside that room. And, and yep. the reality is there are lots and lots and lots of teachers out there that love Jesus. Yes. And so it's not just about the faculty sponsor that is keeping you legal, that is doing the right things, but it's also about understanding the school you're serving. Mm. And what are some ways that you can gather the teachers? Now, again, I'm going to speak because I have a Nashville perspective work. We're, we're every year, twice a year, finding ways to gather the teachers to pray on their campus. Yep. In, the, in the August time period, we do it through the Pray for Students weekend where we invite the faculty of the administration, the families, any students that want to come, right, to gather and pray at a specific time. And then in January, as we start the new semester, we once again gather the faculty, whether we do it through a breakfast, whether we do it through just an opportunity through our faculty sponsor, we find ways on purpose to mm -hmm. gather the teachers so that they know that they're supported. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's amazing the number of teachers who don't profess Christ that will still come yeah. because they, they have some, um, they have some draw to spirituality, that natural sure. draw. Right. Yep. And so they'll come and be, be a part of that when we do, which we love. That's great. But right. bringing them together and helping them uh, understand that, Hey, not only this is about first priority, but it's about the gospel being alive in your lives too is big deal. That's right. That's right. And some of the practical things you want to make sure the teacher knows is that, you know, they need to be there. Number one, right. You're opening your room. Um, I've been a part of it before where a teacher always forgets or forgot that it was Tuesday morning and we were before school. And so we'd have club out in the hallway, which doesn't always turn out to be a bad thing. Cause then you get people joining you who wouldn't have walked into the classroom. They're like, Hey, I'll sit down by you and and listen to this. Oh, I didn't know this was happening. Cool. I'll be a part of it more often. But yeah. that's not to say the teacher does have that responsibility. Um, and even, you know, just knowing the rules of the school, uh, if there's a parent email advertising clubs or a newsletter or bulletin boards or what opportunities does the club as a school club have to promote itself, uh, around the building. A lot of students don't know that. Even some teachers don't know that. So it'd be good to get out there and, and figure out with the administration what that looks like. The, the next network that I think about, because it's it has to do with the campus coach or the adult leader that is serving as the mentor coach in the club, is that youth minister, youth worker, parent who has stepped up. Yep. The, the, the idea of getting those people together and really having a good conversation to make sure that there's clarity on what their role is, mm -hmm. to make sure there's, there, make sure there's clarity on 
how do you coach students in the midst of a club? Because the younger the students, the more coaching you're going to do in the midst. The older the students, the more natural you're just going to be behind the scenes and you're going to have done all the coaching you can do. And so yep. just acknowledging those realities. Yep. And I, the other part of that, that is inviting others into it. I think that uh, I think there's been moments where I've been guilty as a coach where I've assumed that everybody knows what we're doing and why mm-hmm. we're doing it. Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing that's ever been available to students on the campus, which is them working together to share the gospel. Why would not, why would everybody not be aware of that? Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and yet perspective is everything. So the idea of inviting others to hear the story and really helping them tell their story well, or tell the story of that campus. Well, is, is, is the next layer of networking to me when it comes to campus coaches and the youth pastors. That's right. That's right. Well, and you, you hit on a couple of things um, there. Then one I'll bring up is, yeah, don't make assumptions, right? Just because kids show up doesn't mean they understand what it means when you say share the gospel. Cool. Um, to train them on that, Rachel Camarota comes to mind. She went and visited a club last year, and we're talking about the process and the cycle and all that they go through. And she's like, well, you know the gospel, right? And they're like, well, what do you mean? So she just started through it. And several of them had never heard a clear presentation of the gospel before been been in church knew that god loved them you know broad generalizations but did not know what it meant to have a relationship with jesus and so uh just very important to not make assumptions but then on a on a larger level too to be a part of a, a network of adults who are mentoring i would encourage the the adults to be a part of a network. If it's a student ministry network, you know, if you're a parent, jump in there anyway, uh, because you're working with teenagers. It was always cool for me to be a part of a, a network if there is one in your community, uh, because the kids that were at the high school didn't all go to my church that I was a youth pastor of. They went to a different church. And so to know who is all out there working with students in the other churches just helps the club be that more, much more effective as well. So my two thoughts as far as the club volunteer coaches go well and you mentioned earlier the next one that comes to mind very quickly is the parents mm-hmm. who really are the owners of the school right you yep. you win the parents there there are so many things that come together when you win the parents yep um they they are fully vested in in their child's at least the ones that you know care are fully vested in their child's years or year in that school so yep Inviting parents to understand what you are doing, inviting them to be a part, inviting them to to even visit is uh, yep. is a big thing. And then the the one that is again most important, and we talked about this just briefly earlier, is the idea that there are lots of groups that gather parents to pray. Mm-hmm. And if we truly believe as followers of Jesus, first in the spiritual, then the natural, then then that is what maybe the most important group of mo- besides the students. Yep. Is those that are praying to cover that campus and, and they're already doing it individually, but the idea of uniting them to pray. So yep. just helping parents have the same aha moment. I, I think about training, Brad, where we get everybody showing up in their youth groups, right? Mm-hmm. And then we say, Hey, instead of sitting with the youth group, now go to your school table. And there's yep. all these aha moments where they're like, I didn't know. Like we just pass each other in class and hall, right? I didn't yep. even know. Yep. And, and you find the same thing with families, right? You get parents that look around and go, Man, we see each other on the ball field. We see each other at the musicals. Yep. We see each other at the local park. And I didn't know. Yeah. Because we don't worship in the same house. Well, guess right. what? 
our kids are uniting on the same campus and there's a burden. So yep. I, I love the idea of being purposeful with the parents. Um, one of the things that we've developed over the years is the curriculum that you have inside the city staff folder, which gives a very clear directive for a parent who says, I have a burden to pray, right? Yep. Great. Yep. I have a list of people that you can gather. Here's last names, go find them through social media and all the ways that you can find people now and invite them to join you in times of prayer and invite them to join you in prayer in this group. So yep. that's one resource I know that we can hand to directors and coordinators very fast to get parents praying. Yep. It is on Dropbox. It is on the club website, firstparty.club slash epic. And it is on the app with First Party of America as well. And we're one of the few groups, Brad, if I can, we're one of the few groups that for some reason don't ask parents to participate. And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Every other club asks parents to buy donuts. Every yeah. other club asks parents to buy pizza that week. Like there's fees, there's all these things. And for some yeah. reason, it's kind of been the general first party nature. And I, again, I'm speaking from my perspective where we don't always do that. And so I would just encourage, I would just encourage us to remember, hey, it's okay to give parents the right to say no. That's right. Right. Parents are, I mean, it, parents are doing a know, lot. They are. It, it, it's okay to give them an opportunity to buy into the club and to really feel like they're a part of it. Well, obviously I am biased towards first priority, but yeah, I will compare that to the Summit High School Marching Spartans this fall who are heading to Indianapolis as the you know, last hurrah in Morgan's senior year, my daughter, and they are setting out to raise $100,000 uh, for this fall uh, just for the marching band to be out and doing competitions on Friday nights or just, just to show off on Friday nights during halftime and then to be at competitions for eight weeks every Saturday. So we can ask as well. You mentioned donuts. I mean, that's easy stuff. Well, it does lead to the next thing, which is parents are typically the business ownership in the area as well, right? Yep. It's our yep. it's our fifth, it's our fifth of the five networks. If we start with we start with students and then we're going to faculty and then we're going to the youth workers or whoever that campus coach is going to be. Yep. Right. And then we're headed to parents. Well, parents are also the business owners locally yep. and the business owners, they, they own the campus, right? They own the community. They're, they're, there investing deeply. And Correct. so not only are you asking them to pray, but you're also asking them to participate and you're asking them to provide, right? Yep. How can, how you, how can you get involved financially that each campus, most areas, not all, but each campus has a number of what it takes to make that campus work. Yep. And so as coordinators and directors, knowing that number and for somebody to say, hey, how do I do this? Understanding how they get it. Now, now, you and I have seen the negative of that. We've seen some organizations take that and they have a card in their back pocket at all times, right? I mean, that's sure. all they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about FP is it's, yep, I know exactly how you can give. I know exactly how to be a part, but I'm, I'm not chasing you for that. God owns a cut on a thousand hills and I'll tell you what the opportunity is. Sure, sure. Well, and it is. Um, It comes back to the fact that students graduate, church leaders come and go in and out of a community, Um, parents roll with their kids. But yeah, the the people, if we get a group of five or seven business people together to make sure that the gospel goes forward in the public, middle and high schools, uh, it can last for generations. We've seen that historically with First Priority. Um, that starts getting bigger than a single club. If you're part of a single club, if you're part of a network already, it is probably thanks to uh, a group of five or seven business people who have continued to carry that mantle, cast the vision for your city, and keep it moving forward. Organizationally, 
so that you do have the resources that you have in your hands for these students. So. Right. As we close out the discussion, the word that reminds me of is the word intentionality. Yep. And uh, that the reality is, you know, without the students, the club doesn't exist and we need the student leaders. But when we get to that point, what makes it sustainable, what makes it something that's going to last, as you just said, for generations is the other networks mm-hmm. and, and our need to be intentional as we both serve and give them opportunities to be part of the club is a big deal. So the network discussion to me is super important after you've done the training because it's really it's what's going to make the club continue to keep rolling throughout the school year and in school years to come. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. And it really is that it hinges on the students. It, it rises and falls on the students, but it also relies on us because a lot of students, this doesn't happen without somebody casting the vision, um, which is why I go back to Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call in the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. The good news. Yep. Right. And so we want to send these students into the schools as missionaries. They don't view it as that. They're teenagers. You and I were there. We didn't, well, you did, but I didn't really view my school. You were kind of right after school, 18 or whatever. But yeah, what is that? What does that look like for us to help the students see their school as a mission field? How can we send them in? That is our part of the responsibility and to send them, to equip them, to encourage them and empower them to share the gospel with their friends. So yeah, by creating networks of support around them. That's right. That's Huge. right. It is. It is. So as you walk into the school year, you're looking at your club, think about those things. We do have an evaluation. If you want to look at that five stars club evaluation, it's out there in Dropbox and on the club resources page, you can go check it out and uh, just kind of walk through and make sure that all the systems are, are go. Well, that's a good summation of a couple of weeks of uh, working through podcasts. Thanks for the time, Brad, and the discussion. I look forward to next week's as we jump into the next content. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for uh, giving us a review and sharing this with a friend who needs to be a part of a first party club this fall. We love all of you and appreciate uh, helping students reach students in their school. Until next week. Brad, let's be real. We love most of them. (laughs) See you, everybody. Until next week.